as finance, uh, particularly FP&A professionals, um, you know, we need to recognize the benefits and weaknesses of financial statements and help yeah. move companies toward a framework that allows them to truly analyze, it allows us as the people helping them um, make decisions, but also them trying to operate the business to have the information to supplement the financial performance uh, in a way that helps them make those decisions. And, and that's yeah. where, you know, when you look at a management reporting package or a board reporting package or, you know, something that actual operators use to make decisions off of, it never includes just financial statements. You're listening to the Finance Fireside Chat Podcast brought to you by FutureView. I'm your host, John Bolley, CEO and co-founder of FutureView Systems, a finance solutions provider that was created by finance folks for finance folks. Join us as we discuss the topics, trends, and best practices near and dear to finance and accounting professionals. Hi, uh, welcome to another uh, episode of the FutureView Fireside Chat. I'm here with my colleague, Brian McGrath. And uh, today the topic we're going to talk about is, is how finance professionals look at financial statements. How do, what, do, what do you look at first? What do you... Um, how do, you, how do you evaluate them? What, what means stuff? What doesn't mean stuff? And I guess this could go two ways because you've got sort of the financial statements of a, of a company, you know, a private company that mm-hmm. usually are more meaningful or you have the public uh, company financials, which sometimes are indecipherable, um, as, you, as, you, as you well know. So I'll, t- I'll tell you one story. I, I remember being on a, uh, uh, a roadshow for the first day of the, the IPO roadshow. And we ended up with this big financial institution, but the guy who was, was hearing us, he, apparently there was some con- conference, and so all the people who knew our space, it was the e-commerce space, were out of the office that day. So he, he got saddled to listen to us on this thing, and, and uh, he was made no bones. He goes, I don't know anything about your business. And he goes, all I have is this, and he bangs a copy of our S1, and S1, you know, with all the financials down on the table, and he goes, you know how I read this? And, uh, and, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, no. He goes, I read it from the back to the front. <laughs> and I said, and I said, I just clicked, I said, oh, kind of like the Torah. <laughs> and that got us off to a great start. Uh, I don't know if they ever bought stock, but uh, anyway. Um, so the question is, how do you read that? I, I hand you a, let's start with that. You, you, you're looking at a company, maybe you pull yep. up their annual report or their, what do you, what do you look at first? What's your I, I mean, the first thing I try to do, it's not statement specific. I just try to orient myself to the business, right? I look across the statements and I'm looking for concentration of activity, right? I'm looking to help scale, you know, help, mm-hmm. help me understand kind of the scale of the business, what phase they're in. So scale meaning, you know, revenue, expenses, you know, top line numbers, just trying to get a sense of the business um, where are most of their assets and liabilities concentrated on the balance sheet you know if it's mm-hmm. a if it's a SaaS company you know what's their funding look like you know what where mm-hmm. are they investing uh, you know what's their growth trajectory look like things like that um, you know and then the the cash flow statement is critical to understanding you know the cash performance of the business obviously and where they're investing the money that's being put to work and so um, where I spend more time from that will depend on what I find there, but I'm trying to just orient mm. myself around how the company is deploying assets and what yeah. those assets are doing uh, and, and where the funding is coming from. 
Okay, you're much more you're much more uh, uh, analytical than me. The first thing I look at is revenue. How big is this stupid yep. thing, and uh, and then go from there. But yeah. uh, um, which you know sometimes is meaningful, other other times is is not meaningful. I yeah. mean, I've seen companies with. I actually had a company once where the revenue was lower than the net income because yeah. of the way the accounting worked, which yep. didn't tell you very much. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, it it obviously depends on what what stage the company's in but you know when i look at a when i look at a company the reason i tend to go across all three statements is you know i may be looking at a company that just raised a series b or a series a right and they yeah. don't have a lot of scale yet but they're investing a lot in terms of people and technology you know development and that sort of thing then you get to the balance sheet yeah we've got 25 million dollars sitting on the balance sheet you know or something right and it's like okay now i understand the stage that this business is at which means i understand how to further analyze yeah. you know that the, the the things that um i will need to under uh, to to further analyze to understand kind of the the next layer of the onion or the companies where you look at the P&L and it looks pretty good and, and you're yeah. thinking, wow, this is great. And then you, all of a sudden you, you glance down and you're like, holy cow, they got like this much uh, debt. Yeah. You know, like yeah. multiples of revenue right. and debt. And yeah. They got, yes. you know, they're, they're burning cash and, they, and they've got a lot of debt. Um, you know, that's a, those, are, those are all data points that help assess what to do next. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right, Brian, here's a question for you. You got three basic statements, right? Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, I remember back when there were only two. <laughs> I think they incorporated the third one, the cash yeah. flow statement. You got balance sheet, income mm -hmm. statement, and, and statement of cash flows. Mm -hmm. Which which are your two favorite? Which two would you have if you only could have two of the three? Statement of cash flows and P and L. Statement of cash flows first, because I can get a I, I can get a, a view of what's happening with the business across all three statements from that mm -hmm. at a summary level, and I know where they're investing, which tells me you know what. Um, it tells me a lot about the business and the health of the business from a from a uh, from an investment standpoint. And then the P and L describes that activity in a more nuanced way. I completely agree with you. With the only exception, I was thinking if I had a if I have an income statement and I have a balance sheet, in theory, I can calculate a statement of cash flow. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, and we see this all the time with with smaller mm -hmm. companies, especially. The ability to to build a statement of cash flow is kind of a lost art now. Is, I mean, yeah. it's it's hard. It, it's also hard to think about cash flow statements the way people. You know, yeah. I mean, you kind of got to orient yourself to okay, that that number is a negative because we're generating mm -hmm. cash from this, and yeah. uh, you know, it can be a, can be an interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's obviously value in in all three of them. Um, you know, but but at the end of the day. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the idea that cash production is, you know, and, and is is the story at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in, yeah. at at the end of any investment, you're looking to produce cash, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. understanding where cash is being invested, where and, and how that investment is materializing from an operating perspective, um, I think is the true narrative of the uh, of the business from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the other thing. Um, Sometimes uh, in that that uh, even that balance sheet can be even the financial statements can uh, give you a true story. When I when I uh, was with uh, uh, Bristol Myers mm -hmm. in Asia, and I remember that I got there and the first year they 
the first we had our we had a great year apparently the year before I got there and had the budget and the budget was to do um, I'm trying to remember the numbers now but it was like we were going to do 300 million pesos in January we did like 12 and then <laughs> then and so we added the 300 to February's number and we're going to make it up in February in February we did uh, like 30. So we were clearly nowhere near. Well, what was going on? Because revenue had completely uh, um, dropped off. Were people not buying these products? Mm -hmm. No, it didn't turn out. It turned out that what, what had happened is we'd sold, we'd we'd sold all this into the the channels. Mm -hmm. You know, so we'd recognize the revenue months before the consumer was actually buying these things <laughs> off of the shelf. So I'm always kind of very conscious, uh, very cognizant of the fact that. Just because you, how do you recognize that revenue? When yeah. I see that revenue, when does that revenue get recorded? Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, another topic we had earlier with SaaS businesses. When when do you recognize that revenue relative to when does something actually happen? Really important. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think um, there's a reason that there's three statements. Yeah. You know, even though depending on the business, it can be hard to use those statements to really understand what's going on operationally. Um, the statements are all extremely useful in their intended purpose, yeah. you know, within the context of what they are. And so um, the, they, they're meant to help tell that full story of the yeah. financial um, health of a, and um, trajectory of a business. It's kind of an amazing framework of guardrails, if you think about it. You've got the debits have to equal the credits, and you've got balance sheet income statement. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do they have to flow together it does kind of constrain you you know at some yeah. point you can't do you can't do, you could do this but then it's going to show up here or yeah. you, you know, there's no cause without a, a an opposite cause yeah yeah and um you know it's a it's a good control framework i think where i think where financial statements um i quickly get bored with financial statements mm -hmm. um for a company, not because they're not interesting to per se. You know, I'm, I'm a finance guy, so mm -hmm. you know, financial statements are somewhat interesting to me. Um, but I think the most important thing about financial statements and assessing the performance of a company is not about the three statements just in actuals, but how does that compare to what we thought was going to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and and the health of a business isn't necessarily just its actual performance. It's its actual performance compared to what we thought was going to happen yeah. and what we're doing as a result of that, either positively or negatively. Um, and so the, the, you know, I'll do a cursory kind of review of the, of the performance of the business on an actual basis to help me inform how the business operates and how the business executes and, and the result, you know, where, where the big buckets of stuff that mm -hmm. I need to be aware of for a business are. But immediately, I want to know what does that mean in terms of what the company's doing, right? Yeah, what does yeah. that mean in terms of how they're thinking about the future and what they thought was going to happen so that I know whether or not those results compare positively or negatively with what they thought was going to happen? Because that tells me way more about what's actually going on in the business than just the actual results it's themselves. So, so true. I mean, you know. It's interesting, all the financial statements are always, you know, year-on-year -year comparisons. Year-on-year mm -hmm. -year can be okay, but there's a lot of nuances. But, but man, if you tell me, hey, I think I'm going to do X, and then you do X minus 2, that tells me a lot more. It tells me yeah. more about how, how much control you have over a business. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. it's the reason guidance is so important. Yeah. You know, if you look at it from a public company standpoint, it's not that guidance 
is an indicator itself of the performance of the business. It's an indicator of your ability to influence the performance of the business, you know, toward objectives. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think the real value of guidance. And guidance is just a proxy for a budget. It's a proxy for a plan. Yeah. It's a proxy for what do we think, you know, we're going to make some decisions over the next X number of months or years. Mm -hmm. And those decisions we think based on, you know, the framework that we have should yield Y. Uh, and that, you know, and how are we doing against that? Yeah. And that, you know, when you're analyzing financial statements, I think limiting yourself to a three statement view of the world from an actuals only standpoint limits your ability to use those statements to their full potential, um, which is where, you know, GL systems tend to fall down a little bit because they can't, they can't produce the full picture, uh, you know, because they, generally speaking, only produce the historical view of yeah. what actually yeah. happened, yeah. not what actually happened Which, compared to what you thought was going to happen and and a view into what that means going forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. Nobody, the truth is by the time you get the financials, um, you're already looking way ahead. Nobody cares. I mean, I get my, yeah. every, every year in, in February, March, I start to get you know mailed copies of because I can't. I'm scared to go to paperless entirely. <laughs> I get all these copies of financials, but by the time I got them, I'm like, who cares? That was you know yesterday's news, especially yeah. now because companies have a lot of companies have stopped putting their uh, their management letter, you mm -hmm. know, the, or stopped putting much in it except the SEC filing, uh, except for the Berkshire Hathaway. They yeah. they have a nice. Uh, I always like that letter. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, look at it from a private investor standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, how many private investors just want a trended income statement? It's not what they want. Yeah. They want a trended income statement and a comparative, right? They yeah. want to be able to yeah. look at, at your performance on the statements relative to something year over year, right? Yeah. Uh, budget, most recent forecast, you know, things like that. Yeah, I love the, um, I had a controller one time at Bristol-Myers Squibb and he said, um, he said, missing your guidance in his mind is an internal control breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, there's, unless there's a good reason for yeah. it, I guess, uh, yeah, I agree with you, forecasting, I always say forecasting is kind of like, uh, if you do, well, you know, you know what we believe, which is kind of monthly forecasting, mm -hmm. but it's like running a, it's like running an experiment month after month after month, and, and mm -hmm. the more you do the experiment, the better you're able to incorporate the new observations into the right. hypothesis. So when we look at, you know, analyzing financial statements, you know, that's really where um, the the analysis, I think, yields fruit. It's, yeah. it's what changed month over month and why or year over year and why and, you know, from an actual standpoint. But the real decisions come out of what happened that we um, that was different than what we expected to happen. And, yeah. and that's yeah. where I tend to get the most value from financial statement analysis. Though I do, I gotta say, I read some of these annual reports that come out, and they'll say things like, or the MDNA, and it'll say things like, you know, payroll expense went up because we hired more people. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. or, yeah. or <laughs> we hired more people, uh, and also paid some people more and some people less. That's yeah. really helpful. I, yeah, I learned a lot about that. Very Thank helpful. You. Yes, <laughs> I admire you being willing to still look at public filing documents. Yeah, and risk, <laughs> the other one are the risk factors. Yeah, I know, I don't know why I look at it. I always, do, do you look at risk factors at all when you look at no, public? I, I don't, I mean, 
you know, I, I'm much more interested in private companies than I am public companies because I think if you're looking at a private company, you can have a real conversation about, you know, the, the you can have a real conversation. You're not just reading a staged document. You know, there's there's value in those documents. I mean, they they are the performance of the business, um, but it's just much less interesting to me. It's it's financial statements as. Do you want financial statements to actually show you how you're doing mm -hmm. so that you can improve? Or are they performative financial statements where you're trying to prove to somebody else that you're doing a good job, right. you know, yeah. uh, that, that things are going well? Mm -hmm. And I think they're completely different purposes. And I, I, I kind of feel like they've, that's where, you know, it's very hard to know how a company is really doing based purely on their, their I mean, obviously if they're doing amazing, you mm -hmm. can see it. but. Public company financial statements really don't show you that much. Even though I, I, you know, I believe in the gap. I better say that I'm a CPA, so I, <laughs> I believe gap. But you know, gap is kind of uh, uh, it's like lease expense. You know, I want to think about how much money do I have to pay in rent over this time. But now lease, we have a client who, I mean, that's all their company does is help help you figure out how to, you know, calculate lease expense, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it shouldn't be that complicated. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think. As finance, uh, particularly FP&A professionals, um, you know, we need to recognize the benefits and weaknesses of financial statements and help yeah. move companies toward a framework that allows them to truly analyze, it allows us as the people helping them um, make decisions, but also them trying to operate the business to have the information to supplement the financial performance uh, in a way that helps them make those decisions. And, and that's yeah. where, you know, when you look at a management reporting package or a board reporting package or, you know, something that actual operators use to make decisions off of, it never includes just financial statements. It yeah. doesn't tell the whole story, doesn't right? Whole so story. all it does is help orient you to the performance of the business such that you can have a more informed understanding of the collective set of information um, that helps you understand what to do next. So you look at a management reporting package, what's in there, there you've got financial statements, you've got comparatives, you've got metrics, you've yeah. got you know, some trended data, you've got year over year data, you, got, you, know, you have to get to this holistic view of, uh, of performance and what is real and how does what is real relate to what we thought would be reality. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh you know, it's interesting when I look, look at the government stuff. I mean, uh, um, you know, I, I always, I, I, I'm, you know my personal belief that we've had far too many lawyers running the country and we ought to have a few accountants in there <laughs> <laughs> creating a framework that yeah. would actually make sure that, you know, things work. Maybe some FP&A uh, people. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think uh, that should be our next, our next gig. Yeah, but, uh, finance for president. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's just a, a, an introduction on how, how, how two people uh, think about financials. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at that. A lot of people analyze a lot of different things. And, and I know there are a lot of people who are always trying to figure out that angle mm -hmm. to looking at financials that will tell them something more than somebody else can get from gleaning yeah. from the same data. But uh, Don't get lost um, in the noise. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, go right to the, figure out what the key, the key things are. And that, that's, that's why we talk so much about metrics and analytical frameworks, which, which often are not. What is the, the famous uh, Einstein quote? Uh, I don't think he actually said it, but everything, everything that can be counted doesn't necessarily count, and 
not everything that counts can be counted. Yeah. And uh, like that. but I don't think he said that. Someone else said it, and then Einstein somehow got credit for it. And I always felt bad for that guy. It's a good, he got. It's a good concept, regardless <laughs> who said it. <laughs> a great quote. <laughs> he loses it to, to a guy who's already getting plenty of credit for things. Anyway, so um, anyway, with that, uh, I will uh, wrap it up. Another another episode of uh, Future View Fireside Chat. And thank you very much. Thanks, Sean. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Finance Fireside Chat brought to you by FutureView Systems. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please be sure to follow us and don't forget to leave a review. Fours and fives are much appreciated. FutureView Systems is a finance solutions tools and service provider created by finance people for finance professionals. If you're looking to transform your finance function rapidly with scalable reporting, budgeting, and forecasting processes that enable you to drive strategic decisions, we can help. Visit us at futureviewsystems.com to learn more.